Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Hey you, do you have unattainable body goals? I'm sure you do. So we are here to present you with the latest miracle in weight loss, the Fat Blaster 5000. That's right. The Fat Blaster 5000 gives you all of the experience of feeling bad about yourself, but knowing that you bought something that will magically fix it. That's right. No therapy for you, only false promises. Using Who's What's It technology, the Fat Blaster 5000 will in fact do nothing, but we promise it costs money. And if you order now, we'll double your order to two, yes, two Fat Blaster 5000s. Wow, that's a great deal. And for the low, low cost of your self-esteem, we will throw in a magic pill. Oh, what's that magic pill do? Absolutely nothing. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm fat blasting. It's episode 70. Fitness is terrifying. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay the pie, we honor thee from life to death. Horror in real life. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Horror in the movies. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes, that is better. This is not a workout. This is a revolution. This is Shake Weight for men, and it's going to kick your butt. <sighs> That's it. In just six minutes, guaranteed. Uh, okay, I'm good. Uh, 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 uh. Welcome to another episode of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Maddie. And I am Andrew. And if this is your first time joining us for Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, uh, this is the podcast that explores horror, horror IRL, horror in real life, and horror in the movies from a queer perspective. And we're going to talk to you about those things today, about horror in real life and in the movies. And today, we're talking about something really terrifying as the new year just keeps on going. Talking about fitness. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's going to be fun, Andrew, isn't it? Isn't that fun to think about right now? Yeah. The promising world of unattainable goals. Yes, well, you I know, love you, it. You know what? With that, with that Fat Blaster 5000, I think you and I are going to be just fine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that order coming in, really. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's an interesting topic to think about the health and fitness world, um, from Instagram to uh, you know television ads and everything, mm-hmm. and how much money we actually spend on Oof. trying to attain the uh, the perfect body, if you will, <sighs> uh, whatever that means for whatever person. Because mm-hmm. constantly uh, we're being told, you know, I, I think in my lifetime we've gone through at least four different body types that were like the ideal body type of yes, that time. Girl. Yeah, um, we've had the model thin. Uh, we've had the juicy booty. We've had the juicy um, booty, <laughs> the flat bottom girls. Uh, it's it's all the dad it, it, bod. 
the dad bod. We've had all, we've had them all. Um, so uh, we're here to tell you whatever body you're in, as long as you're happy, you're good, girl. You yes, good. even even alien bodies. We are. Um, we agree with those too. You know what I mean? But, so, but before we get into the fitness no. uh, world, why don't we take a little sidestep to the certified terrifying corner? Ooh, step on over with me because I've got four items for you today, Andrew. Um, this is the second half of January. If you can, <laughs> if you can fucking believe that, I can't believe this first month is basically over. Um, first one for you is this one. Um, this is in Ireland. Really big story over here, and it's a really sad story. Um. A woman, her name was Ashleen Murphy, um, really young. I believe she was 23, but forgive me if I, because I forgot, like, like I usually do. Um, she was savagely murdered in this little town, not far from Dublin. It's, it's out, it's just a little bit to the west, called Tullamore. Um, she's, she's the latest in an ongoing string of women that have been murdered in the country. Um, it's really big news for Ireland. I mean, you got to remember this is a small country. It's, we are smaller than the state of Indiana, <laughs> like just to give you a sense of how small it really is here. And murder is just nowhere near as common as it is in the U S. Uh, there was a guy that was arrested uh, this last week. His name is Joseph Puska. Um, he is here on a visa, although his visa was expired. He's a Slovak national, um, and he was arrested. We we really don't know anything about it. W- one thing that I'll tell you that, that's really interesting about this case um, is unlike like the Gabby Petito and the Brian Laundry thing, Andrew, remember? Mm-hmm. Like yep. th- over here, when they arrest somebody like this on social media, like everyone kind of goes quiet because they know that they have to do that because apparently, like. It's social media stuff can be used in court on the other side. I don't fully understand it, um, huh. but it's it's just like once the suspect is in like custody, like people kind of go quiet here. It's really it's it, as an American, it's really bizarre. Um, so, yeah, that by happened. Quiet, do you, by quiet, do you mean like everyone in the case or like the country? The, the the country honestly oh. like like if you if you follow uh if you, if you follow any of the hashtags on this at all or whatever like you'll see a lot of people say hey the guy's in police custody now he's he's with the guards like just let now let the process run its course and that's hmm. kind of like the ongoing chorus it's very different from america as i'm sure that you would agree yeah um, i'm sure she, crime's like gold oh, here so. oh my god yeah she was a teacher um she like i said she was really young she was she was just a stunning person People loved her. Um, she was really big in the traditional music scene here, and her family was too. Um, there were vigils held all across the country. It's just, it's been a really sad week. So that happened, and I, I just I really wanted to to mention that. Um, well, I one, hope that yeah, that, that the guy that they have in custody is the correct person, and hopefully these can come to an end. Yeah, I hope so too. And just one thing on on a similar note, um, it was released this week that Brian Laundry is the confirmed killer. I mean, we all knew this anyway, right? But apparently, his journal that they found confirmed that he did the crime. So we know that now too. Um, on to our second item, which is all about Bojo, who's you'll hear him in our um, opening credits, right? Uh, Boris Johnson might lose Downing Street and the prime minister's seat after it was revealed that he knowingly lied to the British public at least like three or four times about the parties that were held in number 10 Downing Street during the early part of the pandemic. So while all the British people were locked in their houses, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't go see their dying family or go to a wedding or whatever. His disgusting ass was throwing parties. Isn't that just amazing? Uh, it just sounds like every other rich person. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, and like you know, it's if if you if you want a fun treat on Wednesdays, um, at, it's, it would be like at like six o'clock uh, Central Time in the morning. Um, watch Prime Minister's questions because lately they have been fucking rowdy uh, in Parliament. It's actually a lot of fun to watch. Um, next yeah, item that it, we have, oh, I'm sorry, it's just it, no, it just drives me insane. Like even you know, 2021 was a little bit better for everything, but yeah, the people then uh, just because we came to like year end type of thing, uh-huh. um, the people th- throwing on their Instagram like all the cool places that they went and all the parties they went to and all the I clubs know. and everything, and I'm like, can yeah. you just shut up? I'm yeah. Sorry. I know. Know. Yeah, p- some people just truly don't get it. It's kind of like uh, that Atlantis cruise that just <laughs> happened. Did you see that shit too? Yes. Oh my god. Let me tell I you think what. I know someone that was on it. If I'm being honest, but... so, really from, from home? I think so. Oh, say their name. Blast them right now. Go oh, for no. it. Girl. I'd have to do a little bit more social media investigating. But... We going get? Do wait? Do I know this person? Um. I don't think so. Oh, God, I hope I know this person. I hope I know this person, Andrew. Tell me as soon as you can. (laughs) Anyways, the next item that we have for you is uh, also really sad. Uh, The nation of Tonga was hit by a massive tsunami. Um, It was after an underground volcano erupted. Uh, The island was hit by up to 50-foot waves devastating the very small nation. A couple of things interesting about Tonga is that – did you know this – Tonga is the most Mormon nation in the world. I did not know that. Isn't that wild? I didn't know that until last week. Um, And the other part of it, too, is that Tonga was entirely COVID-free because they're an island. They're they're sort of, you know, hard to get to. They were able to maintain a completely COVID-free status. So getting aid to the country has been really hard because obviously you don't want anyone with COVID to come there, right? So it's been pretty tough for that little country. Yeah, it was really sad. And I will tell you, you know, we talked about tornadoes a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. My next, my next <laughs> serious is thing is tsunami. Because Where did that come like, from, girl? Oh, from watching that movie, The Impossible. That's, That's what exactly it was. where mm. it came from. Um, mm. It's just so scary that um, you can't know that a tsunami is coming until it's there. Like, you know what I mean? There's very little time to react. And I forget what I was watching. It was some reality show, but they were talking about a nation in Hawaii, not a nation, a population in Hawaii that lives under constant like threat of tsunami. Oh, yeah. And you only have like minutes to get out of there once it happens. And I'm like, I could never live like that. (sighs) Just terrifying. Listen, in in the the war, in the game, whatever I'm trying to say, all I'm trying to say is this. Mother Nature, she always going to win. That's just how it is. Yep. Now, our last thing here is actually really good news because in terrifyingly great news, Scream premiered on the 14th of January around the world, and it grossed $36 million worldwide. It's the biggest thing out there. Um, We'll talk more about it because I know that we both saw it, so we'll talk about that and what you've been watching, bitch. But that was great to see. It was a lot of fun. Did your, okay, and we can talk about this when we get into what you've been watching, but did your movie have a preamble from the um the three stars like from nev campbell courtney cox and david arquette you mean like entirely like entirely outside of the movie yeah no we didn't have that did you yes mine had a weird thing where they like came on and they're like thank you so much for coming to the movies where this was meant to be seen and I was oh like, don't know that's weird oh no yeah it kind of put me off a little bit but 
We'll it talk was, about that just, more later. But it that's, was just that's really weird. strange, strange posit oh, to take. But. I'm really glad that I didn't have that. I'm so sorry that you did. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Anyways, that's the certified terrifying corner, folks. Let's hope yeah. it's a little less uh, scary, Andrew. Probably won't, but here we go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, let's talk about fitness and how bad we feel about our bodies. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, we are here today to talk about the wild world of health and fitness. Um, this, I think this shit is seriously fucked up. It is, honestly. And it goes from um, kind of self-deprecating behavior to just wanting to get fit to wanting to be a thirst trap on Instagram. It's all over the place. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, do you want to start with some of the uh, the worst diets for your health that are on the market right now? <laughs> yeah. Did I hear the word worst? I want to hear it. Bring it on, baby. Yeah. So we all know uh, it's January. Everyone has those uh, those New Year's resolutions, and most of them involve some sort of weight loss and or uh, resolution to improve our bodies or improve our health. Well, a lot of that comes with taking on a extreme diet, because what do we not want to do? Put in the work. Uh, we want somebody else to tell us how to do it. So uh, according to Prevention Magazine, uh, these are the top three worst diets for your health on the market right now number one is actually i'll start with number three and go down to number one if that works for you sure um number three the five bite diet shut the fuck up you know what whoever created this i want to push off a mountain well i can tell you it was created by californian internist uh alwyn lewis md so it is certified by a doctor which always makes it even greater (laughs) um the five bite diet requires you to skip breakfast and then only eat five bites of your meal at lunch and dinner uh this is obviously you can see why Uh, this would work because you are literally being kind of anorexic because you're (laughs) starving yourself you want to know why it works because you're starving yourself uh, so uh, another physician weighed in on this one and really said like, Hey, yeah, you'll definitely lose weight on this, but you'll also most likely, um, you won't be able to take in the nutrients your body needs in just 10 bites of food in a day. Um, and the hunger and lack of satisfaction provided by the diet ensures that it will be unable to be sustained. Um, the restrictive meal plan will also lead to lack of energy and muscle loss. So yeah, you're losing weight, but you're also not doing anything for your body which Fuck is not you, great Ellen lewis md you should be fucking taking whatever they do to doctors that they can't be a doctor anymore you're an idiot the next one is the the weirdest sounding one the werewolf diet um yes this is a real thing uh the werewolf diet limits how you eat based on the cycles of the moon oh my god um, such as fasting with juice for 24 hours during a full moon and not eating past 6 p.m during other moon phases diet is not backed by research and so it sets unnecessary restrictions that make it a challenge to sustain long term someone literally just took moon phases and made all that up yep 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 yep, yep. for, for no, um, like for no re- like who out there have you ever heard was on a werewolf diet and actually like they were like oh yeah like it worked it was so great i'm like, a, like are you fucking kidding me that's ridiculous uh and finally the worst diet for your health on the market today is the hcg diet um i've definitely heard of this one before um the hcg diet requires you to consume only 500 calories a day uh <laughs> while supplementing with human chorionic 
gehanadotropin, <laughs> sure, which is actually a pregnancy hormone that is falsely associated with weight loss. Oh, gonadotropin, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is an incredibly restrictive, low, very low calorie diet that will promote rapid weight loss, but the expense <laughs> of losing both muscle mass and body fat, which could slow your metabolism and actually make future weight, lo- weight management um, a really big challenge. Um, I can tell you from my experience um, with diets and whatever. I know that we talked about this on a previous episode, but um, it's it, know, has, it has been a while, though, Andrew, since we talked about this. Yeah, but um, I will just say that because of the way that I restricted foods um, and the way I treated my body in my 20s, it has made it extremely hard for me to lose weight now that I'm in my like late 30s. Yep. Um, it just it, it compounds itself. So if you're thinking about putting a young person on a diet or, you know, restricting what they can eat, just think twice about the long term effects of how that's going to affect them later on in life. Um, because it only gets worse. Or let me just give you another thing. Don't do that at all. Like, how about just don't do it? Because just like promote healthy eating and like yeah. getting getting your exercise and stuff. But these restrictive diets and everything are just they're not the way to um, long term success. Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll just take it a step further because you know that's what I'm always here to do. And I will say that if you're a parent and you put your child on a restrictive diet, you're an asshole. Um, unless there is a very serious medical problem that needs to be dealt with and it's being monitored by a doctor. But if you think that your kid is just too fat for you and you put them on a fucking restrictive diet, you can fuck yourself because you're going to fuck that kid up for the rest of their lives. There, Mm -hmm. I've said my piece. Amen. Sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. Yeah. Um, so moving on to kind of, um, the fitness portion. This is already uh, getting me angry, Andrew. It's getting me very angry. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, so according to finder.com, this was a 2019. So kind of keep that in mind as, you know, statistics have probably changed according to the pandemic. But, um, um, according to the recent finder.com survey, roughly 6.1 American adults flushed a total of $397 million. <laughs> that's just Americans down the drain on unused gym memberships over the last year. My God. Um, Almost a third of all Americans pay for a gym membership, even if they aren't using it. Um, Of those, about uh, 56% get to the gym at least twice a week and a further 17.1 million, about 20% make it to the gym at least once a week. So think about when you are looking for your new gym membership, uh, really think about the cost to effectiveness ratio of what you're really spending. Yeah. Uh, Because a lot of that could probably be put towards something a lot more effective as such as maybe a personal trainer that can really show you what to do um, or something along those lines whatever yeah. works for you I find in in my life I have to have a really motivating um, factor in my sure. life I need someone to tell me to do something otherwise I'll find a way to get out of it <laughs> yeah sure um, makes sense so if I set myself up with a schedule, like literally if I just write down, um, you know, on Monday, you're going to do a 30 minute workout with this many pushups, this many sit-ups, blah, blah, blah. That's all I have to do to just tell yeah, myself sure. to do it. Um, but if I don't do that, I find that I make excuses or I'm too tired or something along those lines. Yeah, I know I that you it. probably have similar uh, things around that. Yeah, I do. I, you know, like when, when I first really started to like get in touch with my body and like understand how it works and try to like make some adjustments to my life. And also like, frankly, I made some unhealthy adjustments when I was doing it. Um, you know, I started to run 
right? And one of the great things about about running is that you can, you know, you can really sort of meet meter out what you're doing to like meet a goal, like a race or like a this or like a whatever. And so I got really into marathons because in order to do a marathon, you 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 have to train. Like if right. you don't if you don't train, you could seriously you could die. Like <laughs> you could absolutely die. So you have to train and you have to have a plan. And the plan was like absolute gospel for me when when I was marathon training. I had to follow it. I had to do it on the right days. And if I had to shift, I could shift a little bit, but not that much. So yeah, a plan for me always makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I will say... um I don't, I don't blame marathon training, but marathon training did really fuck up my brain when it came to working out because, or not, maybe, maybe not working out, but, um, more around like eating and stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, just because when you are in marathon training mode for those, like what, five months or whatever, uh, you literally can eat whatever you want. Like you don't have to think about what, I mean, it's good to think about what you're eating and you'll get maximum benefit from kind of doing that. But like, you're burning so many calories that you don't even think about what you're eating. So when you're not in yeah. marathon training mode, it's hard for you to flip that brain switch to be like, no, you actually have to think about what you're eating now. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I, it comes down to like, you know, did you, how can I, it, I mean, I don't want to go like too far deep into this, but like, how did you learn to eat? Do you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. like, you know, I look, I know both you and I didn't learn how to eat in the most healthy ways with our families. Like we just, we didn't. And so like those things carried over with me. And so like, you know, there was one year that I did marathon training where I would, where I was eating really healthy. Cause I had, I had read some stuff from this one coach and I, I got really into it. But then like, if I'm being honest, like I just like let that go. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. I can just, I remembered that I could eat whatever I want and, and not gain any weight, which was the most important thing to me. Cause I, I was a, an idiot then. Um, and so I would marathon train really fucking hard. And then I would just eat a shitload of like burgers and fries and drink as much beer as I wanted. And, you know, come Monday, it was like, didn't do a fucking thing. You know what I mean? Right. So like, yeah. it's, it, it gets in your head. You're right. It just wiggles in there. But, um, so yeah. So do you want to hear about some of the weirdest fitness trends that have happened within our, our life cycle here on this, on this earth? Did you say weird? That means I want to hear it. Yeah. So uh, the first one, I think you'll probably remember. Uh, do you remember Taibo? Oh, fuck yeah, I do. Taibo was a VHS uh, fitness kickboxing routine. Um, but, what did he uh, say in it? What did he say? Double time. Double time. That's it. Double time. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that was not so great about Billy Blanks is that he didn't give you a lot of modifications with his workouts. So huh. it resulted a lot in a lot of injuries. Um, and obviously there it's under no supervision and something like kickboxing really does need supervision and training to make sure that you're doing yeah. it correctly. Um, I remember as a child having these tapes and just flailing around in my <laughs> living room. So. <laughs> Um, the, the next one is something that we probably haven't heard of because it's more comes out of Asia, um, like more like Chinese. Okay. Um, this was called in, and it, this is a loose translation, by the way, because this is translated to English. It's called horse riding fitness ace power. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, this is literally, uh, you sit on a bike seat and it simulates being on a horse. So you're literally like, like riding a <laughs> I can't, you can look it up on, on YouTube, but you're literally Good like Lord. riding on a little seat and it looks like you're just having sex with a. <laughs> I was going to say it. It sounds like this might be useful for something else too. You know, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll give you something to ride. Come here, sweetie. 
the next one is the Hawaii chair. Um, the Hawaii chair was an electronic chair that forces you into a hula motion while sitting in it. Um, you know, funniest... I'm, I'm sure that the indigenous people of Hawaii really appreciate this being called the Hawaii right. chair. Jesus. The funniest thing that you can look up is um, look for the infomercial where they went to people's offices to like see them in action. Um, and it's pretty hilarious because people are trying to like answer phones and like type on their computers and everything wow. while they're in this like chair that's like slamming them around. And it, it's actually pretty hilarious. Um, one that you maybe haven't heard of, but you should definitely look up on uh, YouTube is uh, Joanna Rohrbach's Prancer Size. Wow. Um, I the only way I can really explain this to you is it's kind of like someone wildly flailing and dancing, mimicking a pony kind of down the road with angle weights. Um, if you think about wow. uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, uh, where she's practicing her routine on the side of sure, the uh, sure. road, it kind of reminded me of that. But you know what? Just look this up for the video content alone, because Joanna Rohrbach is quite the character. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of Jazzercise, one of my favorite things of all time. And then finally, one of the weirdest ones to come out within the last, I think, 20 years is the uh, Shake Weight. Oh, um, yeah, baby. The Shake Weight was an instant mockery upon coming out. Uh, it basically was a hand weight that would use uh, centrifugal force to kind of go back and forth in your hand. And it really simulated someone jacking off someone. And so instantly that became a, <laughs> a mockery, uh, most <sighs> famously on South Park, the Comedy Central show, where it showed the woman um, doing her shake weight. At the end, it would squirt her in the face to give her, you know, the kind of cooling relief. <laughs> you know, so. I've never masturbated before. So I can't, um, I can't speak to the validity of this product, um, but maybe you can, Andrew. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't the, the, know. <laughs> um, I, I never had experience with a shake weight, so I can't say, but it Actually, looks I pretty have, phallic. Uh, one, one, of, one of my friends had it. I can't remember who had it, but one of them had it in college. And, like They got it as a joke, and it was about as ridiculous and useless as you might imagine. So yeah, yeah, so that's some of the the weird fitness trends that people have bought into over the years and probably wow. wasted a lot of money on. <laughs> well, Andrew, thank you for um, that very insightful reporting on the fucked up things that people do, as usual. Um, wow. It kind of makes me want to get a shake weight right now, if I'm being honest with you. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, I'll make some calls later. Um, Andrew, what I have to bring to the table today is um, depressing as usual. So I hope you're ready for that. <laughs> Good luck. Um, so, you know, thinking about fitness, um, you know, what does fitness really mean? You know, like we, we bandy this word about, but what actually is it? And it's a, it's a concept of something to attain, right? Like fitness is a goal that, right. that people want to reach. Uh, you know, a body is fit when you meet a certain number of standards, but you got to think about like, Who's setting these standards and like, what are the standards based on? And like, what if there are other people saying, Hey, those standards are actually wrong. Like, have you thought oh. about like, is this standard maybe biased? I thought they were just set by the presidential fitness test. Well, oh my God. Remember that? Oh my God, Jesus. I was always so worried about that when I was a kid. Worst day of the year. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Um, it's, it was worse than like having to climb the rope in gym class, which I couldn't do. Um, anyways, you know, we, we, I think that listeners out there and, and, and us, I, I think that like, listen, most 
thinking people agree that like standardized assessments are not really effective, right? right. It's, they're like, they're basically astrology. Um, and so they can't be effective really in like cases of fitness standards either. Every single body is different. Every life is different. So like looking at the same things for everyone is really fucked up. So in thinking about where I wanted to go with my angle today, um, I got to thinking about the BMI, which is the body mass index. Um, mm. Although an, an author that, that I read earlier, she was like, what, what did she call it? She was like, actually, it's called, it should be called the big mistake of something. I can't remember. It was very <laughs> witty. Um, but it, it's, it's oh, actually, uh, go, go ahead. Go I ahead. remember, I remember calculating my BMI at one point in my life and determining that I was uh, massively obese for my height. So that's it's, awesome. <laughs> it's so awful. And like, you know, it, w it, w it would be comical if it wasn't so detrimental in, in health systems around the world. Um, so here's a bit about the history of it. And this actually comes from, believe it or not, Andrew, Good Housekeeping Magazine. Wow. Um, so I don't think Good we've ever quoted Good Housekeeping. We, this is the first time, baby. So this is all coming from an article called The Racist and Problematic History of the Body Mass Index. The author here is Adele Jackson Gibson. I'll be reading a lot of Adele's words. And Adele, thank you very much. I, you're never going to listen to this episode. But if you ever do, thank you very much for writing this very insightful and informative article because it is really, really good. Um, so a little bit about where the BMI comes from. Um, in the mid-19th century, around like 1860, I believe, uh, there's this dude in France. His name is Lambert Adolphe Jacques Quetelet. He's not a doctor. I got news for you. He's an astronomer and he's a mathematician. He gets really into thinking about, and honestly, the dude, the dude had to be, he had to be gay. Like, because yeah. the reason why he wanted to like find out, well, he, what he wanted to find out was like about the ideal man. Like how was the ideal man shaped? How thick or thin is the ideal man? Blah, 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 blah. How do I like mathematize this? Which is what yeah. he sought, sought to do. Just one one really quick thing about these kind of people that come up with these these things. I, I, we've been watching um, Too Hot to Handle on Netflix, which okay. is a ridiculous show where pe really attractive people go on and then they're told they're not allowed to touch each other. Um, oh, and they have these workshops on there. And I do not know where they get these people, but there are people on there. And you know what? If this works for you, then great. But like there was one guy on there that made them sit in like compromising positions and then just told them to breathe through their horniness. And I was what? like, who gets paid for this? Like, <laughs> but anyway, that's just reminding me of this guy. Because I'll tell you what, breathing through it never helped me. I can tell you that right now. Um, so anyway, anyways, sorry. this dude. No, 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 that's good. I love hearing about horniness. Um, so uh, here's the dude, right? And, and Adele says that he was passionate about figuring out what the average man, l'homme moyen in French, looked like. An idea that already, if you think about it, hinted that some people were inherently below average and therefore inferior to others. Awesome. And she says, yeah, right? It's perfect. She says, if the average man were completely determined, we might – oh, no, actually, this is what he said. If the average man were completely determined, we might consider him as the type of perfection – he wrote in his book, A Treatise on Man and the Development of His Faculties. He goes on to say, and everything differing from his proportion or condition would constitute deformity or disease or monstrosity. So oh if you're God. not that perfect BMI, which by the way, the perfect BMI is apparently between 18 and a half and 24.9, um, you are deformed, you have a disease, and you are a monster. Congratulations. Um, Adele goes on. She says, guess what? He collected his data primarily from white European men. 
So the mean of this data might suggest who was the ideal white European man, but not the ideal for all men. What's more, Catelet at, at uh, Lambert, uh, he never intended that this index be used to measure a person's health or wellness at all. So this is where it gets you know, increasingly fucked up. Initially, it was used to categorize people and look at the distribution of a population. Diana Thomas, PhD, said she's a professor of mathematics. That, at that makes sense. Right, right. Uh, and she's published research on exercise and obesity. Uh, population averages cannot determine an individual's health, let alone perfection. Yet somehow in the late 20th century, health and life insurance companies adopted the Ketelet Index to replace their own height weight tables, which were already based on stats from mostly white <clears throat> men and some white women. Author Sabrina Strings, PhD, uh, she's an associate professor of sociology at UC Irvine. She documents this in her book, Fearing the Black Body, the Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. Uh, health insurance companies in the early 1900s linked excessive body fat with an increased risk of heart disease and still do, even though current science says it's not that simple. This was significant because insurers could use this information to determine a person's coverage, right? Insurers could then refuse to cover the overweight while many doctors saw these medico-actuarial tables as a quick tool to decide who they'd take on as a patient and who they wouldn't. So what does that hmm. mean? That black people who were overweight by their standards did not get care and they were denied insurance. That is absolutely fucking evil. Evil. Yeah. In 1972, obesity researcher Ansel Keys, a physiologist who studied diet, claimed that he had a tool that was more accurate than the tables. Keys and his colleagues did a large study on fatness, looking at predominantly white, um, European, and American men yet again, and concluded that the Ketelet Index, or the Body Mass Index, as they called it, was superior to previous height and weight tables in measuring the fat on a person's body. Thus, the QI got rebranded as the BMI that we know today. That's some <laughs> bullshit. And if your doctor comes at you with some BMI fucking shit, you tell that doctor to fuck off and go find a new one. Yeah, it's uh, I, I more equate it to the insurance companies because they will find any, any uh, way, shape, or form to kind of give you the... Uh, way out of oh, yeah. not covering you. Um, Fuck, it's just ridiculous. Evil. It's it's evil. I mean, Those people are evil, evil people. I mean, I can guarantee I have been paying into insurance my entire adult life. Of course. Uh, I guarantee that if something was to happen to me, I would still probably go bankrupt because the, they would find a way. They would. Mm -hmm. They always find a way to get out of covering you. Gee, if, uh, if, if only we had a method where everyone could just have the health care that they need and deserve. Hmm, I wonder if anyone had an idea about that. Um, anyways, once again, I'll say that the normal BMI, I put that in quotes, is 18.5 to 24.9. Here are some reasons that Adele, once again, brilliantly plots out that this is incredibly wrong, just to sum this whole thing up. First of all, the current BMI cutoffs are based on the imagined ideal Caucasian, right? We know this doesn't consider a person's gender or their ethnicity, both of which have a serious effect on, on the, you know, the, the way that your health can go. Um, second, higher or lower BMIs might be healthier for different groups of people. That's just the reality. Since many people with higher BMIs are healthy, the BMI can perpetuate weight bias. What is weight bias? 
That is when you discriminate against fat people or when you discriminate against really, really skinny people. It goes both ways. So mm -hmm. there's lots of reasons that this can be very detrimental. Also, you want to know what else weight bias looks like, Andrew? People don't think about this enough is like fitness challenges in the office. Like who yeah. can lose the most weight? Oh, that's a great idea. How about fuck off? Like no one needs it in the office. Um, next year, too much focus on weight can encourage harmful eating habits. Duh, we've mm -hmm. already established this earlier. Next, the BMI and weight bias can discourage bigger people from seeking care, leading to worse health outcomes. They don't want to yeah. go to the doctor because they're embarrassed to go. They're going to Nobody get wants to be shamed. Nobody wants so to be shamed. shitty. Yeah. My God. Next, weight stigma, stigma causes chronic stress that shouldn't surprise you. And finally, there are better predictors of health status than some fake ass bullshit from a dude in the 19th century in the middle of France who was a fucking astronomer. Come <laughs> on. Uh. Yeah. And now we have the added pressure of social media to um, only uh, infuriate more um, of these unhealthy weight loss uh, standards. Yeah. It's, um, it, I mean, truly, it, it's disgusting. Like, you know, and, and I, I, I think about how, how, perniciously it pervades our life you know mm -hmm. and how you think about it all the time like you think about it every time that you're around people you think oh, yeah. about it every and day like, like and like you know i think about you know i was just in mexico right and i went with you know my fellow uh, uh, uh employees that i work with i can't think of my fellow team members colleagues whatever i can't think of the word um and i love all these people and we, we have a lot of fun and we all get along and whatever I was terrified to go to a resort with them where I had to take off my clothes to go into a pool. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I, when I tell you that I spent weeks before this trip, like sitting on my couch, rocking back and forth, terrified about how I would have to take my shirt off in front of people that I work with. Do you know how fucked up that is? That right. is fucked up. I'm really worked up about this because it's a, it's a work up upable thing in our lives. I hate it so much. Well, and now, like, I, I, you know, I try to stay off of the social medias that are not good for me as much as possible. But um, which, which you ones know, are those? Tell me. Uh, Instagram, mostly. Yeah, um, I guess I think that, that um, Instagram, I think, is a really big problem, if I'm being honest. Uh, I do, too. Because we are perpetuating a system that is paying people for perfection. Um, yep. oh, and, and I'm preach it, baby. And I put perfection in quotations, of course. Um, we are giving these people these uh, roles as um, influencers simply because in most cases, I'm not saying all, I'm not saying that most you know people don't work for their goals or whatever, but a lot of times if a person is attractive in a, by, by standards that we've set in place, they automatically are an influencer and they can say whatever they want and kind of give people, give license to people to say and influence sure. people in in a lot of times negative ways and i'm sorry yeah. but if all you have to share with me is your genes i don't care um, yeah I mean, it may be good looking but i need you to do something it's it's not just on instagram either like it's on twitter too like i mean think about the worlds that you and i move in on twitter right it's gay twitter and it's horror twitter right right and so like I, I I tweeted about this the other week i was like because i we, we had just released our last episode and i was just thinking about and i what came through my feed was like this, like, you know, attractive white gay guy. Right. And he's on his couch with a cat and he's like, you know, like there's good lighting and like his knee is visible. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I looked at I looked at the likes on it. Like this dude, this dude is nobody. You know how many likes that motherfucker had? Just a picture of like like him like trying to be like a little bit flirty with a fucking cat. It was like ten thousand likes. And I was I thinking to myself, <laughs> I was like, do you know how much fucking work we put into creating content like that right. we really love? And like, look, we love to do it. We're not complaining right now. But I was like, how is that awarded and other things aren't? And the reason why is actually a lot deeper than a joke. It's because we all buy into it. Yep. We buy into this bullshit every fucking day and we award it with likes and we award it with only fan subscriptions and we award it with porn subscriptions and we award it with diets and we award it with all the other bullshit and it's bullshit and it really needs to stop. I don't know what else to yeah. fucking say. Yeah, we have uh, really, and, and and I will say it's the invention of kind of social media and the internet has only like um, uh, flamed the flame, you know, I'm sorry. Magnified uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's made flame, it bigger. And flame. Yeah. Um and it's really hard because we now we've put uh monetary um uh things against it. We now pay people for it. So yeah. it's now gonna be even worse. And I, I, I pray that children of today Oh my god don't fall into this trap because it's only going to make uh, teenagers and um, going through puberty in that awkward time in your life even worse. I, and I can't even imagine, I cannot even imagine trying honestly, to be a kid right you, now. You mentioning that, it like gives me chills to think about it. It really does. Because yeah. like I, I think about the way that I was as a kid and how cruel kids would have been. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking God forbid kidding you, me? God forbid you put a screen and a computer in front of them. Oh like, my where God. they have anonymity. Could, I mean, could you imagine like playing shirts and skins and fucking basketball like in gym class, which you had to fucking do because teachers just fucking love to embarrass you. And like some kid fucking snaps a photo of you and you're a fucking like fat kid as a teenager. Are you fucking mm -hmm. kidding me? I, I know. would have probably done something very bad to myself. Yeah. It is terrifying to think about. It really is. Like, Fuck, man. I know. Anyway, sorry Ooh, to bring that, that was down a big a little one. bit. But uh, yeah. Not, so no, Andrew, we're not sorry. This is what we do. No, I know. I just, and I also want to say that not everything in the fitness and health world is a, a bad thing. Obviously, we all should try to be as healthy as we can be because we want to be on this earth for as long as, well, maybe some of us know. But <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Wait, how about this? Let's end it like this. What's something good in fitness for you? Tell me about that. Tell me about the way it makes you feel. Tell me about something along those lines. I mean, I will say that um, through the, you know, staying in the lockdowns, all the stuff, um, uh, I will say that having the Peloton has made a difference in how I view fitness. Uh, That's good. And it has it has also helped me understand that I function in the fitness world better with someone telling me how to do it and yeah, making sure. sure that I'm doing it correctly. So having a trainer, you know, if they're, they're not seeing me, but it's it, it's the concept of someone being there to support you through it and encourage you through it that yeah, makes sure. a big difference that makes a big difference for me so i know that for me i probably would go down the route of an orange theory a peloton a, a personal trainer someone that can really take me through a workout and make sure that i'm doing it correctly and the most effectively so how does that make you feel though like like, like in your heart in your soul how do you feel when you do those I mean, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm doing something. It makes me feel like I'm moving. It makes me feel like yeah. I have accomplished uh, a, a task for the day that doesn't involve just sitting. Because we do so much sitting, um, you know, yeah. and it's just, 
it feels good to move. Um, and obviously afterwards it doesn't because then you're out there, you're very sore, but, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. The endorphins do make a difference and it does help me with stress and with, um, taking my mind off of things because yeah, sure. it, it, if I have someone that is leading me through instructing me through a workout, I'm not thinking about everything else that's going yep. on in life. Yeah. And, yeah. and it helps to tend to take some of that stress off for a minute. What about you? Um, for me, you know, like, look, running is an obsession of mine and like as much as it drives me crazy, it is also something that has been really good in my life. And like, I've, I've treated it badly before and I've treated it good before. And, um, you know, I think the great thing about running for me is that it does what you said last, right? It takes me away. And like, I don't have my phone with me when I run. I just listen to music or a podcast or whatever. It is me time that I desperately need in my life. Um, and also like there is something about running for me that like, you know, I've run long distances, I've run short distances, I've run fast, I've run really slow, but it is sort of like a little symphony of your body just working together. Like every mm -hmm. part of your body is, is going. And there are times, you know, like, you know, it's not every time it's, it's, it's probably fewer, fewer and far, far and fewer in, in between or whatever now, but, um, like where it really does feel like my body is just working the way that it needs to. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's like a machine and it's just mm -hmm. going and you feel it and you, it almost feels beautiful. It feels beautiful. Yeah. That's how I, would I can definitely see it. that. So I really, I, I love that running brought that to my life. And, and the other thing too, that I'll always say to people that are interested in running is that running will take you to places that you've never seen before. Like even in Chicago, it took me to like trails and little nooks and crannies of the city that I would have never seen if I hadn't been running there that day, which is another cool little thing. Yeah, mix it and mix it up, people. Mix it up. Yeah. Make sure that you're, make sure that you're doing what's good for your body, uh, and celebrate whatever body you're in every just single day. Just love yourself. Just yeah. fucking love yourself, man. That's and and woman, all of you, just love yourself. All right, that's it. Should we go on to the yeah. next thing now? <laughs> yeah. So we will take our first break of the episode, and we'll be right back with what you've been watching, bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. It's time. It's that time in the show. It's what you've been watching, bitch. What you've been watching, bitch. In this segment of the show, we literally just say to you, we have been watching things. You bitch. Yeah, that's how it um, works. <laughs> and it's not necessarily all recommendations. It's sometimes we want to say, stay away from this awful piece of shit. Yeah, but fair enough. Fair most enough. of the time, most of the time, it's recommendations. Um, so, should we? Should do you want to do the the big one first, or you want to do that that one before you do? Let's do the big page. one first because I don't want to say a lot about it because gotcha. unfortunately, um, oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of people in Spoiling. even I, it feels so bad. Um, we had a couple of people reach out um, from Canada that were like, "Yeah, I won't be able to see it because all their theaters are still shut down." Which I'm sure yeah, there's a lot more sure. places like that around the world. So I'm gonna keep it very brief. But we both did go see Scream. Oh, wait, 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 wait! Uh, Before we go there, Andrew, just really quick, I just want to do a quick special mention of the Night House. I don't want to go too far into it because you talked about it the oh, last okay. time. But I watched the Night House after right after we got done recording <laughs> to be honest with you i rented it i should have just bought it because then i rent i watched it i watched it twice in one night that's that so good <laughs> okay i'm gonna tell you what everybody if you have not seen the night house not only is it really really good it's i, I don't know if you felt this way it's scary as fuck like oh I yeah had, i had trouble like, i don't live in a big place now it's a european one bedroom i was scared to get up from my couch and go into my bedroom i like ran 
in there. So I just want to say, if you haven't seen The Night House yet, you should go see it. Okay, done with that. Very good. Now, Scream. Yes, we both did Scream. go see Scream. Scream, Scream, Scream. Scream. Um, so you, did, you had a preamble. We talked about this before. I didn't have that. I'm very glad that I didn't have that. That would have been weird. Yeah, it was very strange. It was just the three OG cast, and they were on the screen on like a green screen, and they were just saying things like, we're so happy that you came to the theater where this movie was meant to be seen. And oh, I was just stupid. like, oh, Gaggy, gosh, why whatever. are you doing this? Whatever. Um, even though they had to cancel their own premiere because of Omicron. So, what? yeah, I mean, th- then you know what? Then you shouldn't have released it when you did. Like, yeah. I'm, glad that, I'm glad that they did. <sighs> whatever. W- what I'll tell you is that I, I had a really great time seeing it. Um, I saw it at the Lighthouse Cinema, which I talk about all the time in Dublin. Um, it was still during the Omicron, during the Omicron wave where that has since ended, but um, uh, it was it was fun. I uh, the the way that they did the theater was really smart. Blah blah blah. blah all of that. I had like we're not going to give away anything, of course, um, except that Ghostface is the killer. Go figure. Um, but like, I loved it. I had a great time. I I was surprisingly really emotional watching this movie. Like I started crying a few times and like characters would pop up on screen. Um, It was interesting to think about like, like I was 14 years old when this came out and maybe that was part of why I felt so emotional. Like thinking back to when I was like just a kid and like, you know, seeing this with my friends. I don't know. Look, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. You should, you just are going to go see it, but I had a great time. And I, I, like I said on Twitter, like I hope that people, I hope that everyone does. I really do. I just hope you have a good time seeing something new. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a fun movie to go watch. Um, I, this is where I'll, pre- I'll preface. I have seen the first three scream movies about 45,000 times. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, right. Um, this is a beloved series to me. Um, and I've seen scream Four less, but, uh, and on a new rewatch, I gained a lot of more, um, traction on that movie as well. All that being said, I wasn't a huge fan of Scream 5. I'm just going to call it Scream 5 because that's what it is. Um, I liked parts of it. There were other parts that I didn't care for. Um, I think I need to see it again, though, because yeah, this sure. it happens with me a lot. I'll, I'll see a movie upon first release, uh, especially a movie um, I bring up like Halloween Kills and like things like that that are yeah. like such big movies that I don't know what my brain does, but it's just like, you're instantly going to hate this. So, but, and then when I, when I watch it again, I'm like, Oh, I actually kind of liked that. So, yeah, well, I I hope that you do. I I hope that it does come out that way for you. Like like I said, content aside, like I just want people to have a good time with us. I really do. Yeah. 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 Uh, So that was scream. Uh, My next one is on Netflix. It is cheer season two. Um, If you remember cheer came out right before the pandemic and was a huge thing for like six months it was just everywhere uh and then pandemic came and they were already shooting it you kind of see in the show they take a 19th month or not 19 month they take a break in in the in the yeah um, sure that they had to they had to because everything was shut down um the interesting thing that i was hoping that they would address is the whole jerry situation that was the Um, kid that got caught doing some yes. shit right so yeah. jerry jerry was one of the breakout stars of season one um he literally was everywhere uh unfortunately he was caught um soliciting um uh, pictures from a minor um and i wanted to see if they were going to address it on the show or were they going to kind of um just move forward and i was really happy to see that the producers of cheer really uh hit it 
right on the head. They did not take him out of any of the uh, the footage um, that they had shot up until that. And when it came time for, they dedicated an entire episode to not what happened, but to the victims. They brought they brought the kids on and their mother and they talked about what happened and how it impacted them. Um, and they didn't really concentrate a lot on the case with Jerry. They concentrated more on what happened to these kids, which I was really, really um, appreciative that they took that. Yeah, run. sure. Um, the rest of the show is just what it, it sounds like. It's more cheerleading. It's more competition cheerleading from yeah. Navarro, which is in Texas. Um and it was really interesting to see how they were handling pandemic because they shot it kind of fall of 2020 was kind of the majority of the footage. Wow, Jesus. Um, so a lot of testing, a lot of, you know, kids having to sit out. Um, and it was really interesting because I didn't realize this, but their main coach went on Dancing with the Stars in 2020. And so oh, they wow. didn't have a Crazy. coach for like half of the season. Huh. Um, this is right in my wheelhouse. It's it's uh, kind of uh, soapy. It's, uh, it's so it's a reality TV, but it's also around these athletes that are like really, really talented. Um, and it's cool to see um, kids in college that are actually like doing stuff. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Like there's just so many college kids that just go to college to go to college. And these kids are like putting in fucking work. And I just, I'm so, um, and not getting any compensation for it other than going to college. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, um, to be honest, that sounds like theater kids and it sounds like athletes too. Like athletes yeah, don't get paid. Yeah. Like they just, yep. they do it. And God, trust me, theater kids didn't get paid shit. Yeah. So yeah, that's Cheer Season 2. It's on Netflix. You can catch it. I would definitely recommend it um, if you kind of like that little like soapy docudrama type of, of, of sure. content. My next one is The Lost Daughter on Netflix. The Lost Daughter is Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. Stars Olivia Coleman as a uh, mother um, in her uh, post-mothering years. Um, what a movie. The Lost Daughter is so good. It is a thriller. That's that's literally how how I would, how I would classify it. Although it doesn't seem that way to start with. Um, what I really love about the Lost Daughter, and I think that everyone should watch it, is that it is a um, it's a view into motherhood that never gets talked about. And it's basically this: like, what if you actually don't like being a mother? <laughs> like that's <laughs> it. And I think it's really important that this does get talked about because we live in this modern world, but like whenever people talk about babies or about whatever, like all that it is, is happy. We, everyone loves a baby. Like, what if you don't like, what if you're a mother who like wants a career? What if you're a mother who wants this or that or whatever? I mean, frankly, what if you're a father that wants all that stuff? Like kids can kind of fuck it up if you don't really want them. And no one wants to talk about that, but maybe it should be talked about. So this story, uh, which comes from a short story from an author that I can't remember. I think it's a French author originally. um, It it, it attempts to explore that. Uh, Olivia Coleman's character goes to this like little, um, this little Greek Island. She's there for a solo holiday. You know, she's, she's divorced. Um, She's not with her children, of course. And she, um, happens to be at this resort at the same time that this very obnoxious family from New Jersey is there. They're awful. And it all centers around this one woman who has a daughter that gets lost on the Island for like a hot minute. It's really, really good. Cannot recommend it enough. Um, and I, I hope that it wins some kind of award for Olivia Coleman because she was fucking awesome in it. So the lost daughter, you can see it on Netflix. 
Cool. Um, yeah, I probably will check that out eventually. Um, if you want a comedic angle to that, um, I would definitely recommend the show uh, Working Moms, which is also on sure. Netflix. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, my next one is on Hulu, so you can't watch it. Sorry. Uh, but it is Nine Perfect Strangers. Uh, Nine Perfect Strangers came out uh, right around the same time as, um, oh, God, what was that HBO show about the people that go to resort? Um, uh, I don't know. Oh, whatever. There's another show that's almost exactly like this. And I think White, that White this, Lotus. White Lotus. Yeah, that's okay. it. Um, and I think that this one maybe got missed because they were looked very similar. Um, but Nine Perfect Strangers, it is um, stacked cast. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, Bobby Cannavale, Samara Weaving, Luke Evans, Michael Shannon, just like a wow, stacked Jesus. cast. Um, and it is about all these people, nine perfect strangers. You get what I'm saying? Uh, they go to this wellness retreat where, um, um, why am I blanking on her name? She's the biggest name in this movie. She used to be married to Tom Cruise. Cher. No. Um, Katie anyway, she, no, the other one earlier. Uh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman has promised that whatever whatever they are going through in their life, she can fix it. Um, and they go there, and it's kind of a little bit mysterious. Uh, and everyone's going through like a different thing. Like uh, Michael Shannon and his wife, they have a daughter um, who uh, had a twin who completed suicide years prior, and they're still dealing with that. Um, there's also a couple that is just not, they've been married for a long time, and they don't really have sex anymore. So it's yeah, kind of sure, a, a range sure. of, of issues. And uh, I don't want to give anything away but she is doing stuff to them that they don't know that they're doing and it kind of gets a little bit windy and turny um but it ultimately has a great ending i really enjoyed the show um i will say i think some of the castmates are underused um i I think that regina hall who is also in it is a little underused because she's such a great actress um i think there's just too many characters i think that they had too many storylines that was trying to wrap up in a bow yeah sure um but overall i still would definitely recommend it i just think that this could have been like more episodes because i think it's like six or eight episodes fair enough um but it was still a fun watch um very emotional um and it was a very good little twisty turny show so if you're looking for something like uh, big little lies or something along those lines this would be right up your alley I'm going to do my next two so that you can do the Patreon pick after. Um, okay. my, my next one here is Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, which you can watch I've on I've been wanting Shutter. to watch this. Uh, it just came out. It is a documentary all about folk horror. It is over three hours long, and you will probably watch it all in one sitting. Why? Because it's really, really good. Um, fantastic, really deep exploration of folk horror. Um, different ways to think about movies that you've seen before, um, sort of giving you new definitions for folk horror and what that really means. I mean, look, I could go on and on. If you're if you're a horror fan, if you're a Shutter subscriber, which I assume all of you are, um, go watch it. It's really really well done. Um, I think it's their best like documentary kind of thing yet. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, I know a lot of people that saw this on the festival circuit had it on their top 10 list for 2021. So I'm excited that it's now on Shudder so that we can all kind of get a chance to watch it, which is exciting. My final one is actually A Quiet Place Part 2. I watched this on demand. Um, I hadn't seen it yet, obviously, and I had seen Quiet Place Part 1. It's one of the first films that we talked about on this podcast, actually, a long time ago. Um, Part 2... was really good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty legit. I think that a lot of the qualms that I had with part one in terms of like 
um, whatever his name is right now, uh, John Krasinski's directing style. I think that he learned a lot in the time since he made part one. And uh, I, I really liked the way that they sort of added more to the story. You learn more about like the initial events that happened, which I thought was pretty well done too. Um, there was a lot of good drama. Uh, Killian Murphy was great. Uh, I, I think it was just a really good movie. I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, it's not like, it's not like a masterpiece or anything, but it was good. I liked it. So if you haven't seen Quiet Place Part 2 yet, or if you were sort of iffy on seeing it, I would say watch it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I like this one okay. This was just an okay one for me, but I, I but I felt the same way about the first one. So I, it was kind of like, a, I don't know, I can't buy into this. This world, I can't buy into it. It's hard yeah. for me to grasp like the rules around this world. <laughs> so oh, yeah. there, 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 there was plenty wrong with this one. Not plenty, but there, there were some things wrong with it, but I still had a good time. So that's that. Here's to uh, Quiet Place Part 1. Once again, move to the move to the waterfall. Okay, yeah, anyway. exactly. Um, so um, my last one is a, a patron pick from Tim Rinaldi. Uh, you can also tell us what to watch on Patreon for a mere $5 a month. So if you want to hear us talk about your movie, go over and, there, patreon.com. Tim, by the way, we, we tried to both watch this together, but as you know, happens sometimes, I was unable to get this in Europe. I couldn't even get like it, it strung together on YouTube, which I was really surprised about. So eventually I will watch it one day. But in the meantime, Andrew watched it. Tell us all about it. Uh, I didn't, Tim, I didn't want you to doubt my dedication to Sparkle Motion. So I went out and actually bought the Blu-ray because that was the only way that I could get this movie. Um, this is Haunted Honeymoon. Haunted Honeymoon is uh, a, I think if I would have seen this movie in my formative years, this probably would have been a clue for me, like uh, the movie clue, um, because it's right up that it's that it's that kind of comedy. It's Gene Wilder. It's um, Gilda Radner and it's Dom DeLuise in drag, <laughs> mind you. Um, man, have you ever seen this movie before any, at all? No, I haven't. Okay, I would definitely recommend you seek it out when you can. For um, sure, it's not yeah. on any. It's not on any streaming services. You yeah. can't rent it anywhere. Um, you can buy it on Blu-ray, which if you have the means to, I would definitely recommend because it looks great uh, and sounds great on the on the Blu-ray um, scan, whatever you want to call it. It's all about a couple who are, for better lack of a term, the '80s podcasters. They do a radio show, um, kind of like an audio drama. And they are going on, um, they're going to get married and they're getting married in the estate of the husband who's Gene Wilder. And this is actually Gene Wilder. He wrote and directed this movie, uh, which was interesting. And they go to this really uh, like big estate and there's all kinds of shit going on. Dom DeLuise, who is in drag and playing the... Um, the, the head of the family um, is kind of like have all these mantras and has all these soliloquies that are pretty funny. And it's just funny because it's Dom DeLuise and drag. <laughs> um, and they there's a, a mystery around a werewolf and who is the werewolf. There is a mystery around a family member turning on the family, trying to get money um, from the rest of the family. It's kind of like a who whodunit, um, but it's also like a comedy uh, it was really fun to watch. It was uh, right out of 1986, so it felt 
right in my sweet spot of uh, watching this. I know that if I would have saw this, and I'm guessing, Tim, you saw this between the age of 8 and 12, if I would put a, a thing on it, um, I probably would have watched this movie over and over again like I, I watched Clue, and I probably would have already owned it. Um, but yeah, Haunted Honeymoon. Definitely seek it out. 1986, Gene Wilder, directed, written, and starred. And Gilda Radner in one of her last roles before she unfortunately passed away. So that's awesome. That was good well, to see too. I'm glad you got so, to watch it. And Tim, thank you for your patronage, my friend. Yes. Once again, if you want to become a patron, patreon.com slash Friday 13 or, or Friday13.com slash support. Either one of those will get you there. Andrew, that's it for what you've been watching, bitch, you little bitch. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about our first film, which is Death Spa. Michael. Michael, killing yourself isn't so hard, really. Come to me, I need you. Jump, jump, jump. Death Squad. Welcome to the health club where you'll sweat blood. Never work without a spotter, Freddy. Wake falls on your chest and you can really get squashed. It's the place for a killer workout. An unquiet spirit reaches out from beyond the grave. Welcome to my party. For revenge. I will destroy this place. And I'll kill them all. Unless you do as I say. Welcome back. It's time to go into horror in the movies. And our, both of our movies uh, are loosely, I would say, fit into the fitness and health world. Good uh, gracious, my. Yeah. yeah. So the first one we will be discussing is the 1990 uh released i don't know if i'd call it a classic but uh it is called death spa maddie why don't you tell us about death spa the evil of the past has found its place in the present michael's health club is besieged with a series of terrible murders involving killer saunas and other grisly devices michael's wife killed herself a while before and her brother holds michael responsible michael needs to stop the bloodshed before he loses all of his clients Death Spa was directed by Michael Fisher, written by James Bartriff and Mitch Paradise. The production company was Maljack Productions, distributed by MPI Home Video. Michael, played by William Bumiller, uh, Laura, played by Brenda Backey, David, played by Merritt Butrick, Tom, played by Robert Lipton, Priscilla, played by Alexa Hamilton, Marvin by Ken Foray, and Catherine by Sherry Shattuck. It is rated R. Uh, it is 88 minutes long, 88 really insane minutes. Uh, released October 24th, 1990. Filmed basically all in L.A. There was no budget available because this was a home release. Um, Death Spa. Oof, wow. Uh, there, there's a lot to say about it. Andrew, say something. Say something about it. <laughs> so, Death Spa. Um, first of all, Shutter, what are you doing? You just took this down right before our, our episode, so I had to pay for what, it. Once again, the curse, Andrew. I had to as well. 
So Death Spa, um, I had seen this once before. I knew it was kind of a crazy movie, but it fit right into our our, our, our topic for the day. Um, I still had a lot of fun with it. It is a very fun movie, and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I would I'll give it. I'll give it that. Like it's got, I actually like the way the first half kind of um, happens. You know, we get the slow mystery reveal of his wife that has um, set herself on fire in a wheelchair. Um, and we don't get that right away. We kind of just get deaths right away. And it kind of eases you into what the actual story is, which I did like. Um, I think the gym is awesome. I want to go to this gym where like oh God, everything is like Jesus. to your, like to your liking, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, and you have like, I love that little card that like you scan and it, and it says like, Oh, welcome, Andrew. I've preset your weight to whatever, you know, weight you are set into the system. Um, I think where this movie falls apart is in the last half or not last half, last quarter, I would say, um, the, the last third, if you will. Um, because it just gets so fucking crazy that I, if you yeah. ask me to do a if you ask me to do a kill count on this movie, I don't know if I could, because I'm not. I'm not completely sure who died and who survived in the end, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, if it like, just to be real about it, this movie doesn't make any sense. Like, and look, I'm, I'm all about like fun shit and I'm all about like having a good time and like some B rated horror and blah, 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 blah. But like this thing is just so all over the place and it's like, just no one cared. They were like, Oh, we just got to finish it. Let's just do a bunch of weird craziness. And then they do it. Um, and I don't doubt that they had fun making it because there are a lot of ridiculous deaths and, you know, silly stuff. Like I'm thinking about the fucking fish right now, the fucking killer oh my fish. Gosh. <laughs> like where the fuck, where the fuck this motherfucker come from with a killer ass fish that talks to you like in a gym. Why is there a fish in a gym? Tell me that. I'd- I equated it to the sushi because they have a moment where they're they're making sushi for the the um, Mardi Gras party. Girl, I'll tell you what. You know where I don't want sushi in some sweaty ass gym. I'll tell you that right now. So yeah, girl, this is a crazy place. A little bit about the plot, right? So there is a health spa called the Star Body Health Spa. Star Body Health Spa has a unique fitness program where you got your own card, right? And this card, you like kind of swipe it at the machines, you swipe it at your locker, you swipe it at the sauna, you know, whatever. And it knows who you are and it adjusts the the like the machines to what you need it to be. It opens your locker, all that kind of shit. It's actually like like you said earlier, it's it's not a terrible idea. Um, especially the locker thing. I was like, God, all gym lockers should be that easy. Just have a fucking right. card. <laughs> um, but like uh, stuff starts to go wrong. And so like there's this person gets killed and this woman goes in the sauna and the sauna suddenly gets locked and all this kind of shit. And this, this crazy like computer program that runs the whole thing, the guy that runs it is Michael's brother, Michael's brother-in-law, pardon me. Um, he is a twin of Michael's deceased wife um, who was a crazy murdering person. And she also killed herself um, by lighting herself on fire when she was in a wheelchair. Um, you are left to believe watching the movie that um, what's his name? David, right? Yeah. That yeah, David. David is probably the killer, right? Cause like, he's just, he's so smarmy and he's always saying shit. And also like, he's incredibly gay. If you can't tell. Well, um, and he's so, the only one that has control of the computer system. Yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. Right. He's, he's in there running it all day long and he's like doing weird shit. So like, you know that it's him. Um, spoiler alert, it turns out that actually it's the spirit of his sister coming back because she wants Michael to join her in death. 
Well, join, uh, she, I think she says, like, join me in hell. Where no. we can... <laughs> I wrote it I wrote it down, actually, Andrew. She says, let's die together and live forever in hell. And she kind of says it like that. And I burst out laughing. And I said, I, I got to write that down. And I was um, like, I kind of, that's not a very good deal. Like, yeah. Can we go to hell? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, along the way, like, all this shit happens. You know, she, Catherine, is, like, is manipulating things. So, like, she'll, like, make things happen and people get killed, basically. And that's... That's essentially it. That that's the story. Um, what happens along the way, though, is just so it's so weirdly done. Like like for example, there is a moment in the gym where like this one regular gym goer is like doing like a, a, a I don't know what you call it, like a chest press kind of thing where you bring your yeah, arm yeah, yeah. in and out whatever, and like he puts in his card and then like the machine goes all ghosty and like basically rips him apart <laughs> like. I mean, rips the dude apart, right? So he's dead. It just happened in the gym and no one cares about it. I know. <laughs> like, literally everyone, like, even the people that saw it happen that were right there, even they don't care about it. Like no one right. cares about anything in this movie. Um, even when and everyone it, just lives at this gym. <laughs> yeah. Even when like things are actually happening, no one cares about anything in this movie. And I think that's, that's another part of why I'm just like, what the fuck happened with this? Like, I, I don't know what anybody was doing. They must've been on drugs when they were making this movie. Speaking of the chess press guy, I did think it was funny. Uh, one of our characters, I believe it's Priscilla, but some of these I women know what together. line you're going for right now. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> some of these women blend together in this movie because they yeah. didn't cast very diversely. But um, so I think it's Priscilla. She's hitting on the guy from the chess press. And uh, he says, Ugh, whatever, I'm beta. You're VHS. And I was yep. like, wow, that didn't that didn't age well. <laughs> so. Also wrote that down, too. And I, for a minute, I was like wait a minute, what does he mean? I was like, oh yeah, now I get it. Gotcha. Like Betamax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, there, the, the other part of it about this too is um, the editing of the movie. The, yeah. The, the movie relies on a lot of fades out of scenes, which like, think about that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Fade outs are not a great thing to do in movies. Like you do it at the end and that's it. And every, any other time that you do a fade out, it better be like really intentional. This is a series of fade outs because they, the writers clearly wrote us a, a series of vignettes and right. they, they didn't know how to string them together. And so that's, that is the result. And so there's no other way for this to be sort of, you know, sewn up without having these fades, the fades, right. the fades really take you out of it because their fades and like they're very unrealistic obviously um so that is honestly a big problem with death spot yeah it, it, some of the things that i saw in it i was like wow everyone in this gym is very touchy because everyone just like slaps yeah. each other on the shoulder and like i don't know they're just so much touching i'm like can you just leave people alone they all kiss <laughs> each other too like no like i noticed that laura at the beginning when she before she goes in yes. to get her, uh she kisses the 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 one um uh trainer guy and then Dude. i found out later that she's with michael with so michael. i was like wait what <laughs> I, I i wrote the same thing down i wrote down why did marvin dot 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 kiss her on the mouth it was right. so odd it made it made no sense it's another it's another issue of just like no one's paying attention to anything no one at all and everyone in this gym is so horny for michael like everyone everybody 
um i i wrote that um there's definitely gay undertones with uh um david yes um, because he says when he's watching somebody work out he's like now i can't even perfect that i know he's watching a guy do uh weightlifting or whatever a a little Um, bit about the guy that played david too i was gonna bring this up too yeah um this was his final film um before he before he died in march of 1989 he was 29 years old uh, toxoplasmosis because he had AIDS, of course. It is interesting to think about like how a gay person that that literally had AIDS was made the villain of a movie too. There's mm. something something pernicious and weird about that as well, and just sort of shows you like it sort of reminds you what it was like in 1990. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, and the fact that this movie was actually completed in 1987 and didn't get a release until 19, yeah, sure, sure. He didn't even get to see the final performance, which is really sad. Yeah. Um, I, I think that he's honestly probably the one of the best things about the movie because he does kind of play like a little bit of like a conniving, but you find out at the end like he really didn't have any control over it. It was Catherine's ghost spirit, ba- basically possessed, kind of in a weird gender bendy kind of way. But she, like that, he he. So there's a point in the movie where the cop is like calling it in, and he's like, "And get this, he might be in drag." And you're like, "Okay, so he's gonna be in drag as his sister." Which was no. cringy as a line, yeah. cringy. But no, he's actually his sister. Like she like morphs into her. Like we, it's, yeah, it's it's another thing that doesn't really get fully like explained. Yeah, which you don't you don't really necessarily have to explain it. I was just kind of like, wait, what is going on here? Because in other parts of the movie, they kind of just show him like getting ready and like in like women's clothing and like yeah, uh, sure. uh, another voice is with him. Yeah. So you, you kind of get it like you think it's going to be like um, a schizophrenic or like multiple personality disorder, like something along that lines. But no, it's literally her, which is just mind baffling when you get that reveal at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, when, I will when, say when, the oh, go ahead. no the investigators. I thought it was funny to watch them because every time oh that they're my on God. screen, Jesus, um, he's eating. Like there's one scene where they're at a food truck and he gets like the greasiest, grossest looking burger, and she just gets a V8, which I thought yep. was something they were trying to maybe say about like um, perception of men and women in like a fitness area you know what i mean that's a like gracious women. take on it yeah i mean i just i noticed that he was always eating something gross um and then um i thought it was weird very weird that they used asparagus as a phallic symbol in this movie oh my god that that whole dinner i i actually i wrote down a, a little bit about that it, it was like uh, what is this dinner like what is this dinner and she's like sure it beats hospital food and it's yeah. like like you said it's like a fucking asparagus spear i'm like girl it's a asparagus that's what yeah. it is and, and it's so like, weird because such, she's blindfolded still oh yeah yeah it's 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 incredibly odd and like you know she went through like hell and she had all these injuries like the only thing that got injured were her eyes like yeah. that doesn't that doesn't play that doesn't play in in, in peoria you know what i mean no it doesn't um, stack up because uh in the in the the doctor says that she had chlorine burns all over her body so yeah and she <laughs> did not have those she only had them in her eyes apparently um, the back to the the investigator couple. Um, uh, they weren't a couple, but the the investigator duo, whatever. Um, it, it was another issue for me of like the bumbling cop motif. We talked about yeah. this in, in our last episode. I just I hate that after a while. It's just like uh, after like the the fourth joke, and you always get like ten jokes about how lumbering they are. You're like, just stop it. Now I will tell you one thing that I love is at the end 
when they're when Catherine is like melting on the floor, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the the girl investigator, the woman investigator, whatever her name was, um, she literally says, No, wait, wait, wait. And she pulls out a gun and just caps the motherfucker in the yeah. head. That was hilarious. It was one of my did, favorite was parts a, of the movie. There was another part at the end where the rotting corpse is like, nice try, Michael. And then just her yeah. eye explodes, and that's yes. the end. And I was like, wait, what? Oh my god. Like I said earlier, my favorite murder was the fish. The fish kills 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 the the cop that eats all the time. Maybe that's part of the part of the joke. I don't know. Um, because the fish just suddenly comes to life. For and no spears reason. for no reason and just spears down at him and just chomps him <laughs> and then he dead that's it <laughs> sayonara uh, some of these deaths though are so um avoidable it made me so oh angry. my god oh my god like, there's a girl there is a girl that is asked to come to the basement because she has had a, the promise of sleeping with michael is so enticing that she'll go into the uh into the basement and andrew just real quick what is one thing about about that invitation to the basement you know what i loved about it the most was when she looks at the paper and it literally says here's a map <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! And um, she goes down into the basement, and what I can only understand is that there was acid in the um, uh, sprinkler system, because um, that—that's where acid would be. But she doesn't run away. She just—I don't know. She just doesn't even try. I don't. There was so well, many times where I was like, "Just go away." Like, so, so it's interesting. You know, we're going to talk about this in our next movie. But one thing that I wrote down because uh, uh, I watched this movie second when I when I did my watches. If I wrote, I, yeah, I know. I wrote down women in this film versus women in Blood Games because it's yeah. so different, and the way that women are done in Blood Games is so much better. I, I don't know what else to say. Even in a sleaze movie, in this, in Death Spa, they are helpless. They don't know what to do. Like the only one that knows, knows what to do in the end is Catherine, who's the fucking right. villain, right. and and the the female cop. That's it like everyone else is like uh where's michael's dick it's it's yeah it's exactly well and we are getting the end is kind of like a carrie-esque moment where like everyone's trapped yeah, inside enough, of yeah. the 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 death spa and but there's like it's so weirdly edited that i can't tell who's dying and who's not dying and you know what andrew we're never gonna know my my favorite death is the is uh, I think it's Priscilla I think that's who it is, um, where she is gotten um, a concussion you know she got hit in the head and knocked out and then she is standing in front of a mirror in the bathroom, and the mirror explodes into yeah. a million pieces and so does she I was like what yeah. the fuck makes sense man a couple more things about this movie that you might not know William Boo Miller he had previously worked as the manager of a health club. Prior to being cast in the lead role for this film, go figure. Oh. Um, I'm sure he really relied on that, uh, you know, that method acting for this. Um, also, too, the film had to be extensively cut to avoid an X rating from the MPAA. I wonder what they had to cut. Probably a lot more nudity is what I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing sense. that it was a lot more um, sleazy in the initial cut would be my guess. Well, Andrew, I think that we could lay into this movie for hours, but uh, maybe we shouldn't. Um, what, 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 what did you rate this movie? Yeah, like I said, I still had fun watching this movie. This is definitely like a party movie where you don't, if you don't really have to pay attention, it can be just like a fun movie to watch. Um, but when you start to look at it through the plot, it kind of falls apart. And so my main yeah. takeaway is like, 
Uh, my main takeaway is like a good time capsule. It is really beautiful to look at. Gruesome and sleazy Death Spa remains a good time to watch. But when you scratch the surface of the plot, the plot and that ending, a lot of it falls apart. I you, gave this you, a three. You you almost said flop instead of plot right there, and I think you were <laughs> right. Um, I I agree with you. I also gave it three stripes. Um, and I said that it it may be fun, and I I really do mean that. It was it was fun. But it's also just entirely dumb. It's a shoddy plot. It's really terrible acting, disjointed elements, plot holes as far as the eye can see. And honestly, after a while, it's just a slog. So we both gave it three on the uh, the stripe scale because the the rainbow has seven of them. Um, so three is below average. We don't usually score that low, to be honest. Um, but this one, I think we both um, had some issues with. So... That this could is be, this this is one of those movies that is ripe for a remake like this if you take it into like modern storytelling and everything could work that's interesting um give it to ari aster let's see what he does with it oh god no. um <laughs> right uh listen we're gonna take a little break you should too um unless you're driving just keep driving please and then we will be back with our second film which is blood games it started as a sunday afternoon baseball game guys against the girls then these rednecks turned out to be real sore losers. That's when things started to get ugly. We're gonna kill them! And we did. 17 to 2. But while we were celebrating in the locker room, the guys were raising hell and looking for trouble. You know what I need just about now? Pussy dumb shit. Mickey and Connie were it. Things got way out of hand. But at the bottom of the ninth, it's every man for himself. In Blood Games. Batter up, folks, because we're back with Blood Games. Andrew, tell us all about this wonderful little movie. America's favorite pastime just turned deadly. When an all-girl baseball team beats a group of rowdy rednecks from a small town, they soon find themselves the prey in a deadly bounty hunt. And now they're playing for their lives. This is directed by Tanya Rosenberg, written by Jim Malchuk, Craig Clyde, James Hennessy, George Saunders, and Robert Pfeiffer. Yes, five men wrote this movie. Um, produced by Epic Productions, distributed by RCA and Columbia Home Video. So this is our first episode where it was all home video release. Yeah, yeah. Um, Babe was played by Laura Albert. Wanda was played by Riv Shaw Sawyer. Uh, Stoney was played by Julie Hall. Louise was played by Paula Manga. Connie was played by Sabrina Hills. Ingrid was played by Randy Randolph. Shorty was played by uh, Sonj- Sonjia. Sonjia, Sonia. I think. Sonia. So- oh, there's an extra letter in there. Uh, Sonia Redu. Um, Mickey was played by Lisa Zambrano. Roy was played by Gregory Scott Cummings. Oh, Cummins, sorry. Um, Holt was played by Don Dow. Minnow was played by Ken Carpenter. And Midnight was played by Ross Hagen. Rated R, this comes in at 90 minutes. It was released on December 12th of 1990. Uh, it was mostly uh, filmed in the Sequoia National Forest in California. 
Blood Games. This was, uh, I will tell you a little history I have with this movie before we go into it. Sure. Um, I saw this movie at a very young age. I can't oh, even no. tell you when oh, I saw no. this movie. Oh, boy. Um, it was so, I was so young that I didn't, I couldn't remember the name of the movie. Like, I know I had seen it. I don't know where, and I don't know how, and I don't know why. Uh, but in the recesses of my memory, I was like, I know that there's a movie out there about these, are they cheerleaders? Are they baseball? I can't, I can't remember. And I did so much work online <laughs> to figure out the name of this movie. Um, and I finally found it. And I'm so happy that it is now more widely available through stream picks. You can watch this in HD, mind you, which it looked fantastic compared yeah. to the versions that I've seen before. Um, and I finally found this and I finally rewatched it a couple of years ago. And I was like, wow, this movie needs to be talked about more. And it doesn't fit into our focus completely um but it is all about this baseball team and the first i would say 20 minutes is just them playing baseball and like the whole movie they're running around and like outmaneuvering people and like you got to be pretty fit for that so i'm oh, chalking it up to that being my reasoning for recommending blood games for our second movie Maddie, what did you think of Blood Games? Blood Games uh, was awesome. Blood Games is totally sleazy. It is uh, also sleaze told from an entirely female gaze because the director is Tanya Rosenberg. This is actually the only movie that she directed. That's only sad. Blood Games. That's it. Um, and, you know, and I don't know her whole story. Her whole story, but. Um, you know, look, it's a lot of naked women and it's a lot of looking at women's bodies. And, you know, I think that you can look at this movie and just call it sleaze and kind of leave it at that. But there's a lot more to it. Um, their bodies go through a lot in this movie. They mm -hmm. the bodies are are uh, ogled. They are groped. They are abused. They are mistreated. They are murdered. They are raped. They are, I mean, you name it, they're everything. Um, and in the end, the only people that love their bodies and the only people that, that care for their bodies are the other women around them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really loved about this movie is that like, it is this group of women and you know, that was a long cast list. I made sure to put in every single one of, of the, uh, of the women. Um, it, it's, it's such a good movie because it's, it's a group of women that just completely support each other and stand up for each other and fight for each other. And like, that's yeah, it. That's what like, I appreciated about it. Yeah. You know, they, they don't do anything. They're, they're not stupid. They're all smart. Like they're not treated like they're just like dumb jock bimbos. Like they're all fucking cool. And like, yeah, you know what? They've also got nice bodies because they're fucking playing sports all day. Like, of course they fucking do. Yeah. Um, and they go through hell in this movie, go through absolute hell. And the men are so awful. Holy shit. Are the men awful? Every single one of them is awful. Even the, even their fucking coach is an awful dude. Um, so it's a lot. Um, but if you've never seen blood games before, if you've just kind of blown it off, I would highly recommend it. Like, you know, maybe don't show your kids, <laughs> um, Andrew, sorry about that. Um, but like, you know, it's, it, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really good flick. Yeah. I, 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 this is just, there's something about this movie that it just clicks for me and it, it, it clips along right at a nice pace. You're, you're dropped right into the baseball game at the beginning. Yeah. They waste no time introducing you to the characters and to the enemy, which are kind of the, uh, the, what would you call them? The backwoods of this people, this small town that, yeah, um, it, it, it seems like a town that law enforcement forgot. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, like the, for instance, there is a Confederate flag hanging up in their in their bar. So yeah, that's, yeah. And it is all about it's Roy's big birthday, and oh um, for Roy's big birthday, his dad, who is also a ex mercenary, has hired this baseball team to come down, and it, it is a uh, what is it, Babe and the Babe and the Ball, ball Girls. girls. Um, this all-girl team to come down and play their team of <laughs> they're all dressed in like jeans and stuff it's so strange um, but the women all are in like uniforms and like they're very scantily clad of course because it's you know for Roy's big birthday yeah. um, and they end up kicking their ass uh, 17 to 2 <laughs> and um, basically what happens is Roy uh, wants some, uh, some one of these women for his own personal gain if you will and that sets off a string of things that ends up having um, Roy's father, uh, Roy dead, and Roy's father putting a bounty on all of the women um, on the baseball team. And that's kind of the the core of what happens. Um, what I love about this movie is that, like you said, these women really that you get the sense that they really do love each other, um, and that they want to take care of each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, and it's 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 pervading in this, and like, and the, I'm not even, even in the. I'm not even sure. Like, I'm not even sure, Andrew, if it was intentional. Oh, I don't know. Um, but they even in there. There's a scene after the baseball game, which and, and the baseball game is so hilarious because everyone is pinching butts and getting slapped across the face. Oh my god, and, it's absolutely insane. Um, I love the one, <laughs> the one. I forget who it is that says it because it's kind of a cut 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 of this baseball game um but she tags one of the guys out and she goes she calls him a stupid bitch (laughs) i know it's so good it's so good um you know there are cringy lines in this movie like in the baseball game one of the guys shouts to roy don't let them knockers hypnotize you um it's a sleazy movie uh but it's also very empowering because the women don't take it ever like they never take it. They all fight back and they fight for each other. Um, there is some great um, stunt work done in the car within the chase totally. scene. Yes, my uh, God, yes. Where it felt so like I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I've ever felt like. Usually in a chase scene, you kind of see like, oh, this is special effects, and oh, there's this uh, the stunt double, and like, but this felt like they all did it themselves, which was really strange. Like, yeah. I'm not even I'm not even uh confident that Babe was not driving that bus at some point in this sure. movie. <laughs> you know, um, I, I I think something interesting to think about with the film is that like given given time and space where there are no consequences, <clears throat> which mm-hmm. is the case for the space where this film takes place. Right. There are no consequences. What will people do? And I think that largely and like people might disagree with me on this but largely groups of men that are hanging out with a bunch of other men which is apparently what these people do um this wouldn't be too far off from how they might behave in a world of yeah, no consequences I, I mean given yeah given this world um I, I i did think it was funny that they when they're getting ready in the gym they're like tonight we're in search of the g spot oh my god <laughs> but they, it was but they don't even have any but they don't have any any intention of going out so i don't really know like what was they're just you know i think they're just like totally joking around and that was the other thing too is that they just like like you said earlier they all love each other and they just want to have fun and have a good time 
I did think it was funny when the this so they're they're getting they're they're wrapping up uh, in the in the locker room after the after the game, and um, one of the sleaze balls comes in and is spying on them, and they the one girl catches him and she goes over and she like kind of like makes oh, it's a so suggestive, good. and then she like grabs his arm and then twists it behind his back and you know and he goes I, I wrote it down he's like oh that's my bad arm and then she grabs him in the neck and he goes oh that's my bad my neck. bad neck yes <laughs> totally. I, I will say there was a there, you know, look, it's it's not like the I, I wouldn't say that this is the prettiest film, but there were a couple of shots that were pretty stunning. There, there's there's one shot that occurs. I'll see if you remember this, um, but there this is pretty far into the film. They are deep in the woods now. Um, the men have captured one of them. I can't remember which one, but they, they capture one of them or a couple of them, actually. And they they rape her like I mean it's a full on rape scene it's it's actually yeah, pretty, unfortunately pretty dis- it's pretty disturbing to watch but eventually uh, she's rescued by her compatriots um, and as they're running away an- another one of the the guys was not incapacitated and he has a gun and he's shooting at them as they go down this hill there's a moment where like you see him about to shoot but the camera shifts and she's running down the hill. Uh, it's like a, the inverse of Kate Bush song, right? And then you see the sun out in the trees, and all you see is the silhouette of her hair and like the brightness of the sun and her like getting shot. It's a beautiful little scene. Yeah, and, there's like, some there's some really good use of slow motion in this movie. Yeah. That it- and you know, I, I like, we we don't know Tanya Rosenberg because it's once again it's the only film that she's directed. So I, I can't say if it's part of her style or not because it's her only film. Um, I I would love to have seen like how else she might have developed this in other ways in other in other movies or in other stories. Um, and once again, like I just I don't know how much of this was intentional or not. What in, like in an ideal world, what I what I would have loved here is that. You know these five dudes that wrote this, and they're all kind of weird, by the way. Like I looked, at, I looked into George Saunders because I thought he was a different George Saunders. Um, this guy is just sort of like a Hollywood writer guy, but he's like a total Trumper now. Mm, um, great. And so, like, I don't think that any of these dudes had it in their head to be like, "Hmm, how can we make a really uh, sort of like low art, but yet it's high art a sleaze film? It's not a sleaze film, you know, with feminist commentary." I doubt that was on the table. But I do wonder if the script got handed over to Tanya and Tanya was like, hmm, how can I do this? Right. You know? Yeah. No. And I will say like that there's I the thing, thing, thing that I like about this movie is, you know, there is so many moments where they could easily just um, in any other movie, they would cower and they would like turn into blubbering messes or. Uh, it, whatever you know, the kind of the women throw the, yeah. the trope here. These do not. They constantly they have baseball bats. Anytime a guy uh, in this movie drops a gun, they pick it up and use it against them, which I think is really refreshing. Because how many yes. times in movies are you like, why didn't you take the weapon? Why didn't pick you it do up, this? Pick like, it up. And they do that every single time. I think that my favorite character is probably Donna. Donna is yeah. uh, the woman who gives kind of uh, there. There's a moment where one of them wants to keep going and one of them wants to kind of like set a trap and fight. And she has a moment where she's like, you know, I've been pushed around by lousy men my entire life. I'm staying back and fighting. Yep. And she sets a trap that hangs one of the guys. Um uh, I just like I love how they work together and how this whole ensemble cast um, 
where there could be just a throwaway character here or there, all of the women get time to develop apart from maybe the girl who dies at the very beginning and the, the, the uh, driver of the yeah, bus. Sure, of course. Um, but everyone gets a moment to kind of have in this movie and um, a 90 minute movie with a cast of characters, you know, a page long, they each get a moment, which I think is really nice. And also I very much, um, uh, was happy to see in the credits a majority of the men in this movie are just uncredited as uh, uncredited as hunters yep. they don't even get like a character name. names you're so. absolutely right yeah um uh i felt really bad for stony because she during the baseball game gets i can't i don't know how they film this but she gets clocked in the in the face with a guy with roy's elbow it's it, and, it, the, it, and it's awful it looks it looks real if i'm being honest um and um she obviously has a concussion at that point on for throughout the movie um and she falls behind and gets um she's one of the first one that gets killed by the uh uh crossbow um that Roy's father has because he is a mercenary we learn um they just keep setting traps for these women they set a trap at the gas station but at every try these women just kick these guys asses, which That's I thought was really, really awesome. Like there's even a moment where they're trying to get into the bus. They are at the gas station. They're trying to get on the bus. And these women just every single time a guy tries to get on the bus, they either hit him over the head with a baseball bat or they shoot him. And I'm just like, yes, get it, girl. Yeah. Um, there's just so many good little moments in this movie. Is it a little cheesy? Maybe some parts, especially with the two main um, kind of like huckle and juckle characters. Oh, without a doubt. Like they're kind of cheesy. Like they just drink beer, and the one guy he the, this is such a strange moment. But he, the one guy drinks all of his beer and then crushes his can on his head. And so, what does the other guy do to impress him? He hits himself in, with an unopened can of beer and then opens the beer and splashes it in his face. Yeah, and like I, I, you know, it's it's clear that they were you know decided enough to make all of these dopes look like dopes, and yeah. it's it's highly successful. Um, it's, and it's highly successful even when they're, you know, really villainous rapists, you know, just, I mean, they think that they can do whatever they want to women's bodies. Well, and and there, there is a line after that, uh, you know, after she is raped and then rescued and you talk about that shot that I did remember because it is such a devastating moment to where this woman was just, um, raped and then she's killed right after that in kind of a fleeting moment. Um, and they put her down to like, she, she essentially dies in that moment. Um, but they say to each other, they're like, she didn't deserve this. And it's just kind of a a throwaway line, but I really appreciated that they kind of were like, no, like this isn't right. Like even in this trashy movie, we're still saying like, no, women's bodies are their own. You know what I mean? Type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think in any, any lesser kind of movie like this would not have a line like that. You know what I, I mean? I would completely agree with you. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if this movie could be made today. No, um, I don't and, think so. and I don't think that it would land in the same way if they, even if they tried. And, and I think that it, if somebody did try to make this today, it would be too clever. And I yeah, think they would, they would try to put too much into it. Yeah. It, it would be too woke. It would just, it would be too woke. And and I think what's what's actually great about this movie too, among many other things, is that like who saw this movie? I guarantee you it wasn't a bunch of ladies that were renting right. this. Yeah. This was men and it was it was made for men with a lot of boobs and like a lot of vagina and a lot of butt and everything else. And like that's who was gonna get this. And you know, hopefully it lodged some sort of subversive kernel deep in their psyche to like get them thinking in a different way. 
I don't well, know. And there also is a couple of lines like where it, it is um they they use the women what the women do to justify what they are doing to them. So yeah, there's a sure. point where um they they the uh, a majority of the character of the men characters from the rape scene are either dead or kind of um hurting. Yeah. And uh they're discovered by the other half of the men and the they're they're like Oh, they they attacked us. They attacked us. And I'm like, actually, they were just trying to stop you from raping their friend. Um, it, it, so. I mean, exactly. But I mean, that that is that like male mindset. They like, ambushed that, us. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah. Like the, the reason why I do these things is because you make me do them. Right. Um, the other the other part that I I it was always in my brain. I was like, when does somebody scratches somebody's face? I can't remember. In my mind, she used her fingernails to slit a guy's throat, but that was not what happened. Um, but Donna, that would have been um, awesome. Donna kind of like uses her nails to scratch this guy down his face, then let it that that then lets him let go of his gun, and then she picks up his gun and just beats him with it, which I thought was just awesome. Um, they eventually try to make it to a town, um, but the town is abandoned, Flint Ridge, uh, and they have one less standoff with the uh, mercenary guy who we thought was dead. Um, but he wasn't. <laughs> he was not. Yeah, the o- I will say the only character that doesn't really do much in this is Babe's little sister, Mickey. Yeah, um, She's like the only one that is kind of being protected in this movie, um, and she's kind of the one that is... Um, manhandled by Roy early on in the movie. Yeah, sure. So I think she's a kind of uh, adjusted for um, kind of what she's gone through already as a, as a character. Um, I will say I, I did remember at the end of the movie that there's a death montage, which I don't think I've ever seen in a movie like this, uh, where they kind of go through the cast of characters that have been, that we've lost throughout the movie, which I thought was sure. kind of sweet in a weird way. <laughs> um, but it kind of shows their like best moments in the movie, which I was like, this is definitely like, you can definitely tell that a woman directed this because they're appreciating everything that went into it and appreciating all the cast of characters, which I thought was really good. But um, yeah, just overall, I mean, are we kind of, are we kind of pumping this movie up probably a little higher than it needs to be? Probably, but I just really love this movie. Andrew, I don't think that's, I don't think so. I, I really don't like, look, I think that, you know, very well, this is not a movie that, that was like projected for me to love. <laughs> Like, right, right, come right. on. And I fucking loved it. I think that there's something really subversive going on here. And I and I just I think it's really good. So I, I you know, here, let's just do our final takeaway, shall we? Sure. Um, well, I said I've never seen a better group of women in, in a horror film. It's sexploitation from the female gaze with women triumphant on the other side. It's a thriller slasher survival flick that leaves you cheering. You know, I wrote down five. I'm actually giving it a five and a half. Yeah, I wrote, um, there's just something about this movie that stands out from just being an exploitation movie. Seeing a group of women that make you actually feel like they care about one another and are willing to fight to protect each other is just so refreshing. Um, I'm actually going to come up with two. I I think this movie is pretty awesome. Fuck yeah. It's a 5.5. Yeah. I think think after talking about it, I I think because it's from 1990. We pumped ourselves up. (laughs) Well, I think because it's from 1990 and it went straight to video, I kind of, I'm like, should I say this is a good movie? I don't know. But then like after watching it again and talking about it, I just, this movie, I could watch it any day of the week and just be, have fun with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and totally. for, for the context of the movie, that's saying something because this movie is essentially kind of a rape revenge movie. Um, but I think it has a lot more soul to it than just that. Agreed. If I'm being honest. So, so folks, yeah, that is our second film. 
And you can watch um, it um, if you have a Stream Picks membership, which you yes. can get through um, and and Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to be right back. We do have a final game, Andrew. Guess what? And it's going to be a little quiz. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions and we're going to find an answer. So we'll be right back with that to close our show. Welcome back, Celebrity Family Feud, everybody. Give me RuPaul. Give me Katie. <laughs> Top eight answers on the board. Let's just go and get the party started. Name a way a woman can flirt with a man without... Oh, I did it so fast, didn't I? <laughs> Name a way a woman can flirt with a man without him thinking that she's a whore. That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking you're gonna say. So, folks, this is episode 70, and we're closing it out. But like we always do, we are closing out our episode with a little tiny game. And, Andrew, I hope that you have your... Um, I hope that you're ready to be very honest with me about some things. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Oh, gosh. Okay? I'm a little nervous. Yeah. And each question that I ask you is going to be about doing some sort of fitness routine. Okay. You have to tell me whether you think it's easy or whether you think it's really hard. And if it's really easy, you're just going to tell me zero. And if it's really hard, you're going to tell me 10. Okay. Does that make sense? A scale, a scale from one to 10. Yeah. Okay. Uh And folks, this comes from Buzzfeed, so you can do it too. Um, We're really into Buzzfeed quizzes now. We just are. um, (laughs) We, we finally caught up five years. (laughs) I know, I know that everybody is, is new to these too. Anyways, Andrew, the first one is doing 10 burpees. Is it a zero for easy or is it a 10 for really hard? Uh, Burpees are pretty hard. I'd say that's like a seven. Okay. I'll put it right there. Got it. Um, Next posing in the yoga position, downward dog for 10 seconds uh i'd say that's pretty easy like a three okay got it right there perfect uh what about sitting in a wall squat for one minute Ooh, shaky legs uh i'll give it a six okay got it uh what about doing oh oh man i know what my answer would be on this one doing 10 pull-ups oh god 10 yeah, same girl. Mine's like, I'm like a 15 on that one. Um, what about, oh my God, this one too. Um, doing a headstand for one minute. I don't even know if I can do, I can do a handstand. I don't know if I can do a headstand. That yeah. sounds like it would hurt my head. I'm going to give that an eight. Okay, so I'll put that right there. Got it. Um, what about doing 10 push-ups? Uh, push-ups, I'm pretty, I've kind of perfected. So I would give that like a two. Okay, got it. Um, and then what about doing 20 jumping jacks? Uh, two. Got it. And what about climbing four flights of stairs? Uh, three. Okay. I do it every day to get to my house. Fair enough. Okay. So that's it. Now we're going to see what the result was here. Okay. So apparently the popular workout that matches your personality, Andrew, is boxing. Oh, interesting. We don't mean you fight with your fists. Um, they, when things get tough, because it's so stupid, there are obstacles in your way. You just keep on going, girl. And resilience (laughs) is really an admirable trait. It's so stupid, but apparently Andrew, you're supposed to be a boxer. Congratulations. I've never never been in a physical fight in my entire life. So, well, let me tell you, it's not all it's cracked up to be. So listen, folks, that is episode 70, seven zero episodes. It's pretty, pretty fucking cool. Um, here is a little bit of housekeeping. Andrew, I'll start it off with just a couple of things. Um, first off, 
We are part of a network. It's called the Dread Podcast Network. If you know Dread Central, you can go there, dreadcentral.com. We've been a, a member of this podcast network for just about a year now. It was February of last year that we did this. Um, super happy with it. We're hanging out with some really cool people like Kim and Katz. They're on the network as well. The Boulay brothers are on this network. Fucking Mick Garris is on this fucking network. Um, amongst a, a lot of other really great podcasts. So if you haven't listened to the rest of them yet, I hope that you will. Uh, you yeah, can go, just the, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, just a little shout out to the the back the back of the house people too, yeah, because please. a lot of people at Dread Central, you know, like Josh, Mary Beth, Ulyssa, they all have given us a lot of support. And so we just wanted to give them a little bit of a yeah. shout out. Just say like, hey, you guys are doing great. Keep up the good work. And and Lex out there on social media. Um, next up, uh, the Friday Hotline. You've heard about this before. We didn't have enough to do this for episode 70. So maybe for 71, you never know. Um, call the hotline. It's 1-872-208-3119. Leave us whatever, whatever you want to do. We'd like listen to them and we'd like to have fun with it so give us a call so yeah if you want to support friday the 13th monetarily uh you can become a patron on patreon or buy merch just by going to friday 13.com slash support uh we wanted to just because we didn't have any new patrons this week uh we did kind of want to go back and give some shout outs to some of our oldest patrons so isaac thorne amber justin nordell Brittany bosher parker brennan david glauner and verena just to name a few thank you so much for being longtime um patrons of friday the 13th and keeping us going um speaking of keeping us going if you could leave a review on your podcast player of um choice uh we would really appreciate that apple Podcasts, of course is the most popular so that one's really awesome but um we did actually see a spike in spotify reviews which was really nice to see we are now officially rated on spotify because you have to have a certain number to be rated on there which is great so just oh, thank you, everybody, for supporting us. We really just, appreciate it. One more shout out. We just happen to be recording this on the birthday of my brother, Michael, who is one of our biggest fans and biggest supporters. So happy birthday to my big brother. We love you. So that leads us to the end of episode 70. And as always, we encourage you to get, get slayed. slayed.